right? Well, uh, let me welcome let me welcome back Kevin Luco. Kevin, uh, 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 let's talk a little bit here. Starting out, Minnesota Wild organization, um, Heartlanders travel up to Canada. Battle out in two great games in, in uh, Trois Rivières. Um, Iowa Wild go out there to San Jose and, and sweep the first two games of that series. That, that was pretty impressive debut. A debut out there. I take two split two with uh, the Chicago Wolves over the weekend. Uh, you got to feel like the minor league system is kind of starting to put things together here a little bit. It's good to see because if you got guys in your minor league team that you want to be part of the big picture with your big league club, I think you just ideally, I know it's about development, but you also want players to understand what it takes to win a game too. So I think it's always good when you're, lower-level teams can rack up some wins. I'm sorry, I got cut off there. I guess. Oh, I good. Okay, so what's the... Yeah, let, 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 let's pick up where you were, and I'll cut that part out. So just pick up from there. Where were we at? Where... We were on, ideally, you want your minor league system. Okay. Ideally, you want your minor league teams to win. It is about development. We all know that. But I think it's good for these players to see what it takes to be successful at the minor league levels, and then you hope you, they bring it with them when they get their chance with the big club. Well, you know, by the way that we've seen call-ups to the Minnesota Wild, you've got to feel like this minor league system for Minnesota is really developing guys in a way that is, you know, we're, we're starting to see the fruits of that. So, um, you, you know, now you're getting some winning and you're getting development. So somebody in the scouting department and player development part of the Minnesota Wild looks like they're doing a pretty good job there. You know, it is, it's fun to see these guys that, you know, that we saw cut their teeth at the AHL level and seeing them have success at the NHL level. And it just um, gives you hope for the future that they are doing things the right way and they are indeed getting guys ready to be productive NHL hockey players. And that the scouting staff is doing their job in drafting the right guys. Well, let's continue on with uh, talking about Minnesota here now, Kevin. Um, finish up their homestand before going out on the road for four games, come away with two victories there, then go out to Dallas and win a, a tough game in a shootout. Uh, you know, 3-0, and you can never argue it, but it looked like three very hard-fought games where they came away with victories because of the way they battled. It was uh, three pretty interesting games, how they went about um, winning all three. They had a, probably one of their best efforts of the season in their victory on Thursday night against Edmonton. Um, Saturday was not a Picasso. Dean Evanson said they were outplayed in two out of the three periods. But, you know, when you're a goal down and you got Kuro Kaprizov on the ice, you like your chances that you're somehow going to be able to tie the game. They did exactly that and ended up going to a shootout and defeated Anaheim, you know, a team with the worst record in the NHL, but they still gave... Minnesota, all they can handle. But boy, Sunday afternoon, <laughs> it's a win. But boy, it, 
it was shaky. You know, you you're thinking, wow, this team's a juggernaut. They're up five to one, playing a rested team after they had played the day before. But boy, Dallas just handed it to Minnesota the last 15 minutes of the game to tie it up at five. But fortunately, the Wild were one shooter better in the shootout and escaped Dallas with two points. Well, let's start with that Edmonton game. A uh, little bit of a back-and-forth contest. It's 2-2. Uh, Fed- Frederick Gaudreau eventually gives the team the lead for good at 13:59. They had two more goals in the third period. Uh, as you said, you know, for about you know, first 30-something minutes of that game, you feel like Edmonton was the, was the better team. But Minnesota showed a lot of heart out there and get solid goaltending when they need it from Marc-Andre Fleury. 18 saves out of 21 shots isn't great, but but he gave them when they needed big saves, and so they come away with a pretty good victory out of there. And, you know, beating a team like Edmonton is never an easy thing to do, so you got to feel pretty good about when you're beating a club like that. They had one break in that uh, Edmonton play the night before in Chicago, and that, that was a 8.30 start, and they played... Connor McDavid and Lee Dreisaitl quite a bit in on that game. So they kind of rolled the dice in getting the win in Chicago. And you just kind of wonder if the Oilers had much left in the tank for the second half of the game on Thursday night. But, you know, like I said, the, the Oilers are a dangerous team with those two guys on it. And for the most part, the Wild did shut them down, and I, that's what they needed to do, and they went on and got the win. As you mentioned, hard-fought battle against Anaheim a couple nights later. First period's Iowa Wild night as Kalen Addison and Connor Dewar score goals to give them a 2-1 to one lead. Uh, Anaheim battles back to take a 3-2 to two lead before Joel Erickson Eck ties the game. Then back and forth from there, Troy Terry gives Anaheim back the lead. Uh, Kaprizov scores with a little over two minutes left in the game to tie it, and then they wind up winning in a shootout. Uh, nice to see those wild guys come up there from coming up from Iowa, still helping to contribute for the club. I really like that line they have. The fourth line is now Connor Dewar, Mason Shaw, both Iowa guys, but they have Ryan Reeves skating with them. So, you know, uh, having a guy like Reeves on the ice with them, it's going to allow. Dewar and Shaw a little more space to try to create offense with. So it's an interesting dynamic, and I think it's a line that um, could be a really good energy line to, to spark the rest of the lineup. So it's, um, I mean, it's kind of exciting to see what these guys can do. Philippe Gustafson with 29 saves in that game. Are you sold on him yet that he could be a solid enough backup for this team? I think, you know, he's exactly that. He's a backup, and we have to realize, too, he gave up four. I don't think there were any that I would say were just really bad goals, and he had had a injury and had not played in over a week, too, so there was some rust he was trying to shake off, too. So I, I don't think it was a bad outing from him. I wouldn't um, say because he gave up four that was a bad day for him. So... I, you know, I, I feel a lot better about him than I probably did after his first couple starts. So I guess we'll see how the rest of the season pans out. But with an older player like Fleury, um, you're going to you're gonna have to count on him to play 25 to 30 games. Yeah, jumping off the wild for just a minute, I, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts. John Gibson was one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, even three years ago. It, 
he looks like his days are done. Is this just a tough situation being in Anaheim, or do you feel like he's reached the end of the line here? I think it's a tough situation in Anaheim. I, you know, on Saturday he faced, I believe it was forty-seven shots. Was the final total forty-nine? Minnesota. Forty-nine. Forty-nine. That. I mean, that's a heck of an afternoon of stopping pucks. So, I would like to see Gibson get a shot with a team, with a winning team that had a better decor in front of him. They got Shannon Kirk and Cam Fowler, but you got to wonder if those guys are treading on the downside of their career. It just seemed like uh, lots of times, you know, I watch Anaheim play other teams too, that it's a lot of times it just seems like they leave um, their goaltenders for dead. I know they had a decent game in Winnipeg on Sunday with Anthony Stolarz playing, but then they must have tired out as Winnipeg pulled away in the third period. But, you know, as Anaheim Club's got some serious skill up front with Zegras and Terry, but, and, you know, if they can build around that and get some other forwards in and get some younger big body guys on the blue line. You know, there, there's potential for this team, but I got a feeling there's, it's going to be a rocky road for a few more years yet, and you just got to wonder, by then Gibson's a 13-year veteran, he's probably going to be looking to maybe go somewhere where he can get a shot at winning the Stanley Cup as opposed to being a part of a rebuild. On Sunday, as you mentioned, uh, interesting game for this. But what was first off start about with Kaprizov, Kevin? Uh, goals in each of the three games this week, extending six straight games with goals. I believe his point streak is up to what four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven straight games with a point. So, and he's on quite a roll right now. But not good enough to get one of the three stars for the NHL for the week. So, <laughs> granted, uh. Connor McDavid and Jason Robertson were two of the three, so I guess you really can't argue with that. But I thought he maybe he would um, pop in as one of the top three stars, but he did not. My apologies, 12 straight games, so I think I said 11. So I corrected myself. Uh, after Dallas ties the game, that Connor Dewar, um, Mason Shaw line comes up with a goal to give them the lead for good. You know, you talk a little bit about um, the way that they have situated that line together. I, you know, I wonder if there was an idea that these guys, Dewar and Shaw, played together down there in Iowa, and you wanted to keep them together because the chemistry they have. Is, is that you kind of see that as maybe an idea of why they kept them on the same line together? I see that as a part of it, and I just think everything just kind of fit nicely in together because you had the the Folino Eriksonek. Greenway line reunited. You have, obviously, Kaprizov and Zuccarello on the top line, and it seems like Sam Steele has been the best fit so far with that. Um, what would be your second scoring line, Freddie Gaudreau and Matt Boldy have a pretty good um, chemistry going with them. They just, frankly, they need another scoring guy with them like they have with Kevin Fiala. So, now that your three lines are set like that, then, yes, it leaves the fourth line. Unfortunately, two of the pieces on the fourth line with Dewar and Shaw are familiar with each other. And like I said, Ryan Reeves um, gives them a big body to where guys are going to take liberties with them when they're on the ice. Now, something I want to address, and granted it's 
you just never know where rumors get started if they have any validity to them at all. But it could be somebody on a website that's just playing speculation. But there is talk that Brock Besser, who was a Minnesotan and had a great career at University of North Dakota and has had a pretty good NHL career, he's been a healthy scratch up in Vancouver. There's talk that maybe Besser could be on the trading block and that Vancouver could be a destination for Matt Dumba, who the Wild know that they're likely not going to be able to sign at the end of the season, that maybe Brock Besser could be dealt to the Wild and he can fit in on that line with with Boldy and Gaudreau. So we'll see what happens there because obviously, too, then if you don't have Dumba in the lineup, then you know, who's the next man? We've seen Addison play well, so maybe Addison takes on a bigger role, or maybe we see if um, O'Rourke or Hunt are ready to make the step to the NHL. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out at all. We're keeping an eye on that. Coming back to this game, Kevin, you know, one of the interesting things that I thought about this is, you know, I, I watch a lot of these shootouts, and, you, you know, you're lucky if you wind up seeing a couple of goals scored, and maybe maybe three at most. Five out of the six opportunities people scored on, the one time they didn't was the guy who comes up with a hat trick for Dallas. He misses on his opportunity. I thought, what a, what a crazy game this was. And he missed. Um, the, the puck slid right through the crease, so it wasn't like Fleury made a save on it. It just barely missed the target. So it was interesting. He, uh, I mean, obviously, it uh, goes to show you, the firepower that um, both teams can have. Um, Minnesota tried out their best three forwards, and Dallas, you know, they didn't even touch the Joe Pavelskis of the world for the shootout, but boy, Dallas has just got a lot of weapons. They're a pretty solid hockey team, and it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out for them. So Minnesota enters the week on a four-game winning streak, 13-9-2. and uh, That is... Um, right now is third in the division with 28 points, a, a point ahead of Colorado, three points behind Winnipeg. They stay in Canada this week, Kevin, with uh, games in Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Friday night, back-to-back -back there with Edmonton and Vancouver. So um, wh what kind of week are you looking for out of the club? Well, they had a nice little getaway today. Um, they went to some mountain place up in about half an hour out of Calgary. But they'll practice tomorrow and then get back at it with the game against um, Calgary Flames, who have been pretty pedestrian such thus far this year after being a juggernaut last season. And then they go to Vancouver and Edmonton, and frankly, the Wild have enjoyed success at both of those arenas. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, I can see them coming home with um, two out of the three games in that little stretch in Canada. Jumping down to the Iowa Wild here, and they have a very impressive week that begins with them heading out to San Jose where they take both of those contests, uh, close battles, but they wind up coming away with the victories. Then come home to Chicago. They lose on, on Saturday night 4 nothing. turn around and shut out the Wolves on Sunday. 3-1 and one for the week. Uh, very solid week for the Iowa Wild, Kevin. Yes, it was. I thought it was nice for them to go to – San Jose and get revenge after the 
Barracuda held the Wild to one point in the the um, home season opening weekend back in October. So obviously uh, Marco Rossi fit just fine in the lineup and and um, they got good goaltending from Volstead. So the guys at the Minnesota organization are looking at towards the future. Both made an impact at the AHL level in the two wins in San Jose. Came back home and as teams do after a long road trip, sometimes that first game's a clunker. You're getting back home. Maybe you're working on the laundry or getting settled back in. Maybe you're catching up with the wife and girlfriend a bit after a while on the road. And the Wild just didn't have it on Friday, but or on Saturday. But they came back with just a stellar effort on Sunday afternoon and gave um, gave McIntyre a shutout. Well, let's look at starting on Wednesday night's game, game, Kevin. So they fall behind one nothing. Joseph Cramarosa then ties the game 5-52 into the contest. Then back-to-back power play goals for the team. And this power play has been absolutely deadly. As you mentioned, Marco Rossi scores his first goal since returning. Sammy Walker comes up with his eighth of the season on the power play. Uh, Luke Johnson cuts the lead in, in half, but then Damon Hunt gives them uh, an insurance goal that they're able to hold on to for the 5-3 to victory. Um, this power play right now, Kevin, has just been spectacular. And it has kind of been the bread and butter in terms of what Tim Army does better than a lot of coaches out there. It was not great last year, but whatever they were having problems with last year, he sure has fixed this season. Isn't it amazing that back in October we were wondering where the offense was going to come from with this club, and now, boy, it's uh, now, now we're talking about how good the power play has been. It's been a real nice turnaround for the club. Volstead with 30 saves in the contest. Uh, then on Thursday, they come away with a big 5-3 to three victory. Walker again, power play goal, two pa- a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and then another power play goal. Give this team a 3 nothing lead as they jump out uh, to that three-goal advantage, 5-43 into the second period, two first-period goals. Cramarosa, he has goals in back-to-back games. Sammy Walker with goals in back-to-back games. Uh, again, you're talking about you and I were discussing, man, now this team really is going to struggle offensive this year. But it's And it's not just a guy like Walker stepping up and having a big production season, Kevin. It seems like you can count on goals from 15 guys in this lineup right now. No doubt about it. That's a neat thing with this lineup is that the scoring has been spread throughout the lineup. And that's, you know, you've had a guy like Nick Sweeney, who's a producer last year that hasn't even really been playing much, um, fighting through an injury. So, boy, you get Sweeney back into it. It's a very balanced lineup. And you, 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 as a coach, you got to like that, where you know that um, all four lines are capable of getting a goal for you. A guy I like watching right now, Kevin, is Stephen Fogarty. Five goals in his first 19 games. His his season high was 21 back in 2018-19 with the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, you know, I, I feel like this guy could be, you know, a 19-20 goal scorer for this team. You know, he's getting regular minutes, and the line that he's on, he really seems to be clicking with. No doubt about it. And, you know, as we have probably talked about before, it's, it's key in the AHL to get these guys that are AHL veterans uh, to produce you. Uh, you know, they're the guys that you know likely aren't going to spend much time with the big club, and you need them to be regulars, and you need them to be regular producers, and it's um, good to see that he's been on a pretty good roll lately. 
With a team return home on Saturday, take it on the chin against Chicago, give up a goal 56 seconds into the contest, and, and the Wolves just dominated from there behind uh, their netminder in the game. Uh, Zachary Sachenko comes up with 23 saves. Uh, Volstead saves, saves 34 of 38 shots. But on Sunday, great turnaround game, as Kevin mentioned. Three first-period goals, two on the power play. Score another power play goal late in the contest on a, uh, with 32 seconds left from Adam Beckman. Uh, Sammy Walker with goals in three of the four games this week. Um, Adam Beckman had three goals this week. It, it, Ty Roning is another guy that's all of a sudden putting up huge numbers. Like uh, McIntyre had to feel like pretty good about returning to the Wild. First game for McIntyre in quite a while too, so it was good to probably break him in and break him in with an easy shutout. Um, have to mention the uh, first period, uh, Sammy Walker. At, Got the Gordie Howe hat trick, had a fight, assist, and a goal in the first 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure for Walker that was his first professional fight. I don't know if he – I don't think he played juniors at all. If he did, I doubt that he got into a tussle there. But held, held his own in a fight. I was pretty impressed with that. And Walker was also named the AHL Rookie of the Month for the month of November. Well deserved for sure. I mean, th this young man has ten goals and ten assists already through the first twenty games of the season. I mean, you, you were talking about you know kind of cut loose um, early on, and all of a sudden comes into the Wild organization, and he is just rolling for this club. I, you know, I, I think there's going to be some talking about whether he's going to get an opportunity later on to join the big club. But while he's down here, he's he's making a name for himself. We, you know, us have followed him with. Minnesota go for hockey. He was a producer on the team, but we all felt like he had another gear in him that he never seemed to find at the college level, and it looks like maybe he's finally finding it at the pro level. He was a seventh-round pick with Tampa Bay, and you got to wonder, maybe some somewhere down the road the Lightning are going to regret not signing Walker. So the team right now is currently in fifth place, uh, nine, seven, and four, 22 points. They trailed the Rockford Ice Hogs and the Manitoba Moose each by one point. Um, so they have a big week coming up here, Kevin. Uh, we're going to begin as soon as I get my sheet back up here. There we go. Uh, they have a big week starting out with traveling to Grand Rapids on Wednesday, then travel on to Rockford. Division games, you want to get, you know, come out and have a big opportunity. Rockford in particular is one of those great heated battles. What are you looking for out of the club in these three games? Well, I'm looking for them to continue the momentum that they built on Sunday and just playing a solid um, team game. And like you said, that's uh, it's a couple of tough barns to go to with Grand Rapids and then Rockford. So I guess we'll, there'll be another character test for this hockey club. And my apologies for not having you elaborate on this a little bit here, but, uh, you know, you mentioned Zane McIntyre went up there to the Minnesota Wild but didn't really get any opportunity to play there. So he's been sitting for a while, but, you know, comes back and looks sharp. And how, how big do you feel like it is for this club with him, but still back on top of his game, heading out on the road with the team? Uh, yeah, I feel pretty good. You've got two very, very good goaltenders to fall back on and you know that's huge too especially if you get in a situation where you're playing a back-to-back -back, you got a, a quality rested goaltender you can put in there and you feel like hey maybe if we're not in our game tonight this guy can steal one for us 
Well, let's head down to the Iowa Heartlanders and head across the border to take on the Trois-Rivières Lions out there in Canada. Uh, suffer a 5-4 loss in overtime on Saturday, then fall in uh, Sunday's uh, late evening game. Um, this is a very tough place to play. I wasn't surprised they, they didn't come away with, with victories out of it, but you know they held their own, and this club is, looks like they're starting to get a little bit better feel for how to play with one another. It's a work in progress, and I'd say, again, the point I'll try Riviera is uh, not a bad little achievement because I think as a team, I mean, that's a heck of a road trip for a minor league team to go all the way up there. And I think as a player, sometimes you might get more into the road trip where you're not focused on the task at hand, but the... Heartlanders did um, manage to get a point in uh, two games and was competitive with them in both of them. Unfortunately, had an opportunity to win that opening contest as they had one goal lead in the first, had a, um, a one goal lead in the third period that eventually uh, the Lions are able to tie the score with a little of, a little under nine, little under ten minutes. I'm sorry, left in the contest before winning one minute overtime on Sunday. Uh, just a game dominated uh, by the Canadian team as they scored four unanswered goals to start the contest. And Iowa just was, you know, got, got a little momentum going, was able to get back in with two goals in that contest, but were unable to come away with the victory. Um, the one thing I do look out of this, Kevin, is that um, Trevin Keslowski, my, I mean, he's, he really has, has stepped in this game. He, he takes over in uh, Wednesday's contest and was just a complete stud for them. And, and I'm, you know, that that looks like that may be the move of the year to reacquire him. You have to wonder how they're going to go about it. They're going to carry three goalies on hand and find a way to get action for all three of them because Hunter Jones made his return to the Heartlanders on Sunday. And I know that he did not play in at least the last three games for the Iowa Wild, so... Jones has some rust he needs to shake off, too. So, I mean, you know they're going to keep Jones around because obviously he's um, property of the parent club. But, I mean, I'll know how good Corbin Kaspersky can be. But if Kozlowski's playing really well, too, it's, um, you know, unless they want to keep three goalies around, they're going to have to make a pretty tough call. Well, this week they have uh, they continue on uh, uh, north of the border as they head on to uh, take on Nova Scotia. Why do I feel like I'm not saying this right here? So, man, I know I Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Nova Scotia. What am I talking about? Newfoundland, man. My apologies. I don't know what I'm talking about over here. Newfoundland for three games starting on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. The Growlers have been very, very good this season. Very difficult team to face up in their own home building. So currently fourteen, five and one. Uh, one four points behind Worcester, which I still don't know how that winds up being Worcester by the spelling of the name, but I'll, I'll roll with it anyway. I am Heartlanders four nine and four. A tough week ahead, Kevin. So what are you looking for out of this club this week? Well, I think uh, you know, as I said, with uh, Iowa Club going on the road, it's um, going to be a character test for the Heartlanders, and and we be interested. I think how they do. Against the Growlers will be a barometer as to what kind of club we can expect this year. If they go out and get their doors blown in all three games, and you know maybe we're 
looking at a really long season. But, you know, maybe if they make a good showing for themselves, they can carry the momentum back into divisional play and make a run at a playoff spot. Well, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, all, all the teams are out there on the road. All road games for the Minnesota Wild organization this week. So uh, we're going to learn a lot about where these guys stand. And, uh, you know, the, I think both the Iowa Wild and the, and the Minnesota Wild could have a great week up ahead. I, I think Heartlanders are really going to struggle there in Newfoundland. But um, it should be an exciting time throughout the organization. And looks like we're having good times ahead. For Wild fans, I guess it'll be a good weekend to tab the TV and stay at home because there will be no live games to go watch. And yeah, like you said, let's um, let's see how all three clubs um, do all on the road. Dude. Well, Kevin, as we look uh, heading in here to the de- December. Um, any thoughts on or, or memory you want to share with us? A, a good December time here for the teams. Oh boy! Hmm. December Minnesota Wild memories. What does Kevin Santa Kevin have out there in the uh, in the in the gift bag? You know, I was just thinking of that too of how. You know, for us wild season ticket holders, uh, the highlight is going to the games around Christmas time because they always put together like a uh, early season highlight video and they do it to a to a Christmas song. And so, like every year, we always said, oh, "Okay, the the song was pretty good this year," or like, "Oh yeah, they nailed this one." So it's always fun to see what the video team uh, can put together as far as on the ice it's um to me i you know the nhl fans always say that where your team is around thanksgiving is rounder if they're if they're going to make the playoffs or not to me it's how good they do in december because as you're on december you you passed your 20 game threshold of the season and now you're on to your second 20 you have your identity, and I think you have a much better feeling of where your team's going to go by the time you get to the first of the year. And I know I lose the track of what season it was. It was 2016-17 or 17-18 when Minnesota just went out of terror and had a real long winning streak until losing a – Losing a New Year's Eve game to Columbus, who was also on a long winning streak, and I just remember how much attention that game got, and Minnesota fell short in it, but within that, it already established yourselves as a team that was going to be playoff bound. But as we know in Minnesota, um, we just seem to find a way to not get past the first round. That is kind of the the nemesis of this team right now. You know, it's one of those one of those things that a team struggles to find that one opponent to get past or the or that one obstacle to get over. And then once they do, then it, they turn into something kind of special. But it's the battles trying to get over that hump that that make fans want to pull their hair out. So, 
Maybe, maybe, this, year, maybe this is the year because other than Dallas playing, I think, otherworldly hockey, other teams in the division, Winnipeg has been good at times, not so good at others. St. Louis has been riding the roller coaster, and right now they are nosediving. I was watching some of their game tonight at the Rangers, and they they um, fell apart in the third period and lost a game at Madison Square Garden. Colorado is, must be having a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover, so who knows? Maybe this will be the year where a team like Minnesota can get into a playoff spot and make a little bit of a run for it with teams that are not having uh, quite as good of a year as they've had in the past. Let's hope that's the case this year. Kevin, thanks for joining me this week. My pleasure, Rob.